the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you tonight, and we're going to have a wonderful time um, tonight on our broadcast. But before we do anything, we're going to go before the God of Heaven, the Creator of the universe, to get His blessing upon the broadcast. Heavenly Father, we come right now in the name that is above every name. Father, we enter into Your gates with thanksgiving. We come into Your courts with praise, and we're thankful today. Father, we're asking that you would speak to us tonight through your word. We're asking, Lord, that you'd be with those that are discouraged today, those that are sick in body, those that are in hospital right now, those that are depressed, duressed. We're asking, God, that you would be the lifter of their head. Father, you said in your word that it is the Lord, he himself, who goes before us, that he'll be with us, he will never leave us or forsake us, Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. So, Father, we're asking that you just saturate us with your presence tonight. We ask that you would be glorified in everything that is said and done. In Jesus' holy and matchless name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the number to call here, 866-423-9578. And um, just enjoy the broadcast before listening to Daryl talking about bringing your Bible to school day tomorrow for the children and that is just such a exciting um to me i think as i think as i think about it so as we um go into our topic tonight as the children read bring their bible to school they need to know the number one question one of the questions that jesus asked in matthew chapter 16 jesus asked um the uh disciples he asked them who do men say that i the son of man am. And they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and other Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And so Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, not the dead one, but the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, who is in heaven. And so uh, we're going to deal with that tonight. Who do you say Jesus is? You can call in and let me know because there's a lot of Jesus out there. People have different Jesus. We know that the Mormon have a Jesus. The Jehovah Witness have a Jesus. Uh, Christian science have a Jesus. Islam has a Jesus. 
but who do you say that Jesus is? So that's a question on the table tonight. You can call in 866-423-9578 to be a part of that discussion. Who is Jesus? You know, we are Christians and we should know if we don't know anything. Um, Jesus said in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he says, This is eternal life. What is it? That they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ. So God the Father wants us to know him, and he wants us to know his son. And so the question tonight is, who do you say that Jesus is today? And so you can call. So while I'm waiting for you to call, I am going to set up a imaginary courtroom scene. And so uh, we're going to call in the witnesses to tell us who Jesus is. But in the meantime, you can still, you know, gather your answer and, um, and get that together. And so the first witness we're going to call to the witness stand is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Who better to tell us who he is? So we are going to take a trip over to John chapter 10. And we're going to see what Jesus say about himself there. Because who better to tell us than the person himself, the person of Jesus Christ. So we're going to ask the Lord Jesus and we're going to see in John chapter 10, um, verse 30, what Jesus say about himself. And it says here in John chapter 10, and I'm going to read the verse before. um, Jesus said, my father who has given them to me. Actually, I'll read it. Verse 28, Um, Jesus said, And I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then look at what he says. I and my Father are one. They're one in substance, essence, and nature. All three are God. And so here Jesus is telling us that he is God. Not only is he the son of God, but he's also God the son, the second person of the Trinity. The number to call again, 866-423-9578. To be a part of our discussion, again, the number 866-423-9578. And so as our children are taking their Bibles out to school tomorrow, And if they're asked that question, who is Jesus? Because that's who we represent. And so when we ask them who Jesus is, they should have an answer. And they may not know all the scripture about it, but they should know some of the scripture about who Jesus is. So Jesus says, I and my father are one. And the Jews, if you see the reaction here in John chapter 10, if you look at verse 32, actually verse 31, after Jesus said this, that I and my father are one. The Jews knew exactly what he was saying. They knew that he was making himself equal with the Father. So then the Jews, and their reaction tells you that they knew what what he said. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you. But for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. 
Jesus said, I and my Father are one. He is letting them know that he is God and very God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so um, you have it there, Exhibit A, Jesus himself saying that he is one with the Father and that he is God. All right, so we're going to take another trip over to John chapter 5 because Jesus is going to further tell us about himself. Who do you say that I am? We want to be able to have an answer for those that ask us. We are his witnesses on the earth, so we should have an answer. So we're going to go to John chapter 5, and we're going to begin here in uh, verse 16. And again, uh, Jesus um, did a miracle, and the Jews, of course, were upset. And he said, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Are you hearing that, folks? Jesus said the father has been working, and he has been working as well. They do the same thing. The father is working, the son is working. So we see that Jesus is saying here that he is equal in person with the father. Let's continue our discussion and hear what else did Jesus say. So it says here um, in verse uh, uh, 18, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, whatever the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. So Jesus is letting us um, know here that whatever the Father does, he does that too. He is God and very God. This is exciting, folks. So in other words, Jesus has already told us that one, he and the Father are one in John 10.30. Then here in John chapter 5, he let us know that he's equal with the Father. What the Father does, he does. And then now he tells us that they're equal in the works that they do. All right, we're going to go to Jenny. In Brownstown. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Hi. Hi, Sister Nita. How are you doing? Good. I haven't heard from you in a long time. I was beginning to think that we had a partial rapture, and you and your <laughs> folks went home, and we, the rest of us are here still on the battlefield. But I see that's not the case. No, but <laughs> I loved your, um, that whole series that you did with um, Antonio and David. Yes, yes. They will be here tomorrow night. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I just love that. And um, so I'm going to start out with um, Genesis chapter 1 and talk about Jesus um, being one of the parts of the Trinity. That's right. Oh, and you're right. he was part of the creation because it says that um, they... Uh, let let us make right. man in our own image. Yes, in verse 26, yes. Let us make and man, so, and we know that, yep, let us make man, Elohim. The grouper cluster, so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was on the scene. Right. They were all three in one there. Yes. And then to so, further... To further seal that in, in, the, um, in John chapter 1 again, remember Jesus? I mean, uh, John began to tell us that in the beginning... Was the word. word. 
Right, and the word was and with the God. Word was with God, and the word was, was God. God. The same that was in the beginning with God, and then it goes on to say, "All things were created by Him, and without Him was anything made that was made." Isn't that awesome? Amen. Yes. Amen. So that backs and, you up right John, there. Yes. Yeah, in in John one fourteen. Yes, I think it is. Yes. Um, Jesus, uh, the Word became flesh, which is Jesus. Yes. And dwelt among us. Yes. So. Uh, that shows that he had become man. That's right. He stepped out of eternity into time, put on flesh. One one version of the Bible said that he moved into our neighborhood. I love that. You know, he put oh, on amen. flesh. <laughs> he put on flesh and moved into our neighborhood. That is awesome. Amen. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for calling. And we are definitely going to call in the witnesses as we um, look at this, because we need to know, we're on a need-to-know basis, who our Savior is, you know? Um, it's good to carry a Bible and everything, but we need to know for sure who our Savior is. And when we're called upon to and ask the question, because Jesus asked that question. So apparently it is a very important question. He asked, first he asked, who do men say that I am? And then they told him that question, they answered that question, and then Jesus moved in on the individual. But who do you say that I am? And so that's what we're doing here tonight. We are gathering our, our facts together so that we can know for sure when we're confronted about who our Savior is. All right, thank you for your call, Jenny. And um, uh, the number to call here. As we continue to look at the evidence, Jesus is still on the witness stand right now, and he is continuing to give us some testimony. So now we have seen that he already said, I and my father are one. Then he said that um, he was equal with the father, what the father does, the son does the same thing. And then so they're equal in in person. And then the, he said what works he does, the Father does that too. So we have that um, in our um, evidence bag there that Jesus is saying that he does the same work that the Father does. Let's continue our, our um, session here. And then uh, Jesus, so verse um, uh, 20, Jesus not only tells us, he said, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things, that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. And then look at what he says. He says, For as the Father raises the dead and give life to them, even so the Son give life to whom he will. So Jesus is letting us know here that he is equal in power and sovereignty with the Father. And then we go on to verse 22. He says, um, well, yeah, 22, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. So they get the same honor. He gets to judge. He is uh, the same with the Father in judgment. He gets what the Father judges. The Son judges the Father the same honor. And remember, this is huge because Jesus, God the Father, tells us that he does not share his glory with anyone, yet he's sharing it with Jesus. So Jesus has to be God and very God. All right, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win the Daryl Wood Show. Terrorism, economic uncertainty, 
nuclear instability. The United States faces these and many other global dangers nearly every day. We face even greater risks against the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law here at home. Radical socialism, illegal immigration, racial divides, social infighting, as bad actors want nothing more than to destroy our way of life. We are facing a war for America's soul, and now is the time to rise up to protect conservative ideals. Join the Patriot on Saturday, November 2nd for the War for America's Soul Tour, an event like none other. With Sean Hannity, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and other special guests, you will be ready to give an intelligent answer to assaults from the far left. The War for America's Soul Tour is coming to Detroit on Saturday, November 2nd. Visit PatriotDetroit.com for details and to buy your tickets today. That's PatriotDetroit.com. Perhaps no subject in the Bible divides genuine believers more than the doctrine of election. On the one side, you have those convinced that God chooses some for salvation. On the other side, there are those who say that believers can choose God. Which side is Scripture on? Consider that on the next Grace to You with John MacArthur. So join me, John MacArthur, and study along on Grace to You weekday mornings at 8 here on WLQV. Salem Media Group Detroit has a great opening for our Technical Operations Director. This position will manage a great team of talent and studio technicians and hold the Chief Operator designation. More important, this role is responsible for the on-air image and overall technical aspects of our radio and digital assets. We're looking for a competent radio professional who can also continue our growth into the video space. It's Salem Media Group's fastest-moving on-air technology, and we need someone to take us to the next level in digital video production. If you're a technical radio pro with skill and vision on the digital side, I want to talk to you. Call me and let's talk next steps. I'm Chris McCourtney, Regional Vice President of Salem Media Group. Call me at 248-581-1222. That's 248-581-1222. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Let's connect today. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Joe Uplegger for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 9 on FM 92.7 AM 1500 Faith Talk, Detroit. You can also call Joe now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and Safe Money Book at 866-436-0133. That's 866-436-0133. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you tonight, and we are having a wonderful time. If you're just tuning in, we are finding out, we're answering the question, who Jesus is. Jesus asked this question of his disciple first. He asked, who do men say that I am? And they told him. And then he asked them the next question, who do you say that I am? And so that's a question out there tonight. Children are going to be taking school to the, Bi- the Bible to school tomorrow. And if they're asked the question, who is Jesus, they should be able to say something. So hopefully the, those children that are planning to take their Bible to school tomorrow and those just believers, God wants us to know who he is. Um, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he said in John seventeen three, he said, this is eternal life. What is it that they may know you? the one true God, 
and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we definitely need to know um, who our Savior is. And before I get into any trouble, before I see any socks of Pastor, I am going to um, let you know what is going on. On October 31st, we are having a spiritual warfare night. And so we're inviting everyone to come on out, bring your children. And we are asking that they do not wear costumes because we are celebrating the living God, not the dead one. And so uh, it's going to be an exciting night as Pastor has a surprise. And I don't know if he's listening. He may want to call in and, and say a few things concerning that. Um, the details on that, but on October 31st, mark your calendar. Don't do anything else. You want to come out and join the saints as we look at the Word of God and as why uh, we as believers do not participate in this, uh, this this celebration of Halloween. We do not um, do that because our God is living. We are not celebrating death. We are celebrating life. Jesus said he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. All right, so I'm back, going back to um, our courtroom scene. Jesus is um, still on the stand. Actually, he's about to come down off the witness stand. And then we're going to bring in the Father. He's going to tell us about Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 3, um, verse 17, you, do, you know the story. As Jesus was being baptized, um, the Father... Coming up out of the water, the father said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So that's testimony one coming from the father, letting us know about his son. Also in Matthew chapter 17, again, this is um, during the transfiguration. And I'm going to just read a little bit um, from there. During transfiguration, because you know that... um. Jesus took them up on the mountain and kind of pulled his jacket back a little bit to kind of reveal a little bit more of who he is. And so he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish... Let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly, here's a father testimony, a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And then he said this, Listen to him. Isn't that awesome? So you hear from the Father. He's telling you the Father is giving us a witness about his son. All right, we're going to go to Adam in Troy. Hi, Adam. Praise the Lord. God said to Moses, I am that I am. Shouldn't the apostles have said to Jesus, you are? Thank you. Um, should they have said that? Should he, okay, uh, okay, you're gone, Adam. Well, of course, Jesus did not um, rebuke them, so apparently what they said was not wrong. They answered the question, and then Peter, let me go back there to Matthew 16, and then Peter 
um, first, the first, Jesus asked two questions. We have to look at that text. The first question was, who do men say that I am? I, the son of man, am. And so they answered and telling Jesus what is being said by men. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Messiah. Because remember, they were looking for the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that he is. Yes, he is. I am. Jesus said that in John eight fifty eight when he was having the discussion with the Jews. He told them that before Abraham was, I am. So the answer that the disciple give here is not a wrong answer. They are just answering the question that Jesus asked. Who do you, said the individual. So they are letting Jesus know that he is their Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And look at Jesus' answer. Look at the answer that Jesus gives to him. Jesus answered and said to him, he could have answered and said, well, you know, boys, I am, I am that I am. But he didn't. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven revealed that to you. And so that's the, what Jesus, um, what um, the Father said. So apparently what he said was not wrong. All right. We're going to continue um, on here with the witnesses as they come in. Now we're going to go to John chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse 27 here again to see what the Father has to say. It says, Do not labor, and this is Jesus speaking, Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal. The Father has set his seal upon the Son. So let's let's look go over the witnesses of the Father. First the Father said in Matthew chapter three that this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. In Matthew seventeen he says, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. And then here in John six twenty seven we see that the Father has set his seal upon Jesus. All right, continuing with the testimony of the witness we have, um, uh, we're just going to f- um, go on to the Father, one more testimony from the Father. And if we go to First John chapter 5, and this is an awesome passage of Scripture, especially for those that are struggling in their faith. You, you're not sure and secure. You wonder. Some days you think you're saved, another day you think you're not, and you're wondering and you're wavering back and forth. This testimony from the Father is going to be good for you. And it says here, verse um, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 9, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God. Are you, are you following me here in this courtroom scene? God the Father is going to witness, and he's going to give a testimony about his Son. All right, so it says here, This is a witness of God which he has testified. God the Father has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And here is the testimony that he has given. And this is the testimony. of. Now this is where you're going to let these words sink down into your ears like Jesus said in Luke 9.44. Let these words sink down into your ears, into your heart, and into your life. 
This is the testimony. And this, verse 11, and this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And then look at what he goes on further to say. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. God wants you to know. He said that you may know. And this is talking about knowing by experience that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Amen. So we have heard the testimony of Jesus telling us who he is, that he is God and very God. He and his Father are one. He let us know that the Father, he's equal with the Father, and they're equal in person, in their persons. They're equal in their work. They're equal in power, in sovereignty, in judgment, and in honor. Jesus told us that. Then we have the Father telling us that this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He says, listen to him. And then uh, 17.5, again, the transfiguration. The Father said, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. All right, so Jesus has come off the witness stand. They have given their testimony. The Father has given his testimony. Now we are going to call in Brother John the Baptist, and we're going to hear what he has to tell us about the Lord Jesus. All right, so we're going to go to John chapter 1, the very first chapter of John. And let Brother John the Baptist begin to tell us about Jesus. Amen. The number to call here is 866-423-9578 to be a part of our discussion. Again, that number 866-423-9578. And we are going to hear John the Baptist's testimony. And it says here in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse 19 is where we will begin. Now, this is a testimony of John. So John the Baptist, on the witness stand, is giving his testimony. When the Jews sent um, priest and Levite from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. So John the Baptist let them know that he is not Jesus. Because some people uh, um, th- thought he was um Elijah, one of the prophets and all that. So he confessed and he did not deny. He said, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Then they asked him, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, and this is what John said about himself. He's quoting from Isaiah 40 what the prophet Isaiah said. The voice of one, this is what John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now these were sent, those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, or Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Then John goes on to say, These things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. And then John the Baptist saw Jesus coming the next day 
And he said, Behold. And when you see the word behold in the Bible, that means you drop everything, laundry, dishes, whatever you're doing. Stop and pay attention. Something profound is about to be said here. And you want everything. You want all your attention on this. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this was a huge thing because not just for one group of people and not just for one year, as it was done in the practice in the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement when they would go in and um, the priest would go in to the holiest of holies and sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. Um, John the Baptist, after he came, the Lamb of, after he pointed out the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, this was one for one for all people and for all time. There would be no need for any other sacrifices to be done because John is telling you that the Lamb, the Lamb, the very Lamb of God that we're waiting for all these years has arrived, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And that was huge. So John the Baptist goes on to say, because he's not finished with his testimony yet, He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, John says, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness. He's on the witness stand and he's bearing witness. John says that John bore witness saying, and this is what John said, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, John said, but he who sent me to baptize with water. And of course, we know that the father sent John to baptize with water. He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And look at what John says. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So you've heard the testimony here from the Father. You've heard the testimony of Jesus. You've heard the testimony of John the Baptist. Now we're going to move on to the witness of his works. Because Jesus said in John chapter 5, he said this, and it's very profound. He says in John chapter 5 and verse 36, Jesus says, I have a greater witness than John. So we see that John the Baptist just poured out his heart and he just tell us all that he knew. And then Jesus comes behind and he says, but I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified. We heard the Father's testimony already. But Jesus is letting us know that the Father who sent him has testified of him. You, you have neither heard his voice at any time or seen his form. Because Jesus is the only member of the Godhead that put flesh on and came down to earth. The Father didn't put on flesh, and the Holy Spirit didn't put flesh on. Jesus is the only member of the Godhead that put flesh on, and to come and to move into our neighborhood, to live among us. We're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. The following is a public notice for those who are disabled and unable to work. 
To ensure that all Americans are granted fair access to their Social Security benefits, a team of disability specialists are currently reviewing claims. If you've been denied disability benefits before or are making your initial claim, you may be eligible for this program. You'll be assigned an experienced disability specialist with inside knowledge of the SSDI and SSI programs. They'll evaluate your situation, complete your application, and present a strong, effective case to the Department of Social Security on your behalf. If you suffer from a physical or mental disability, you may qualify for up to $2,800 per month. A toll-free number has been established for you to check your eligibility. And there are no fees unless you secure benefits. Applying for Social Security disability can be a long, complicated process. Increase your chances of receiving the federally mandated benefits you deserve by calling now. 800-329-1117. Space is limited. Call 800-329-1117. 800-329-1117. Have you ever had a time when there was no one to turn to but the Lord? This is Focus on the Family Minute, and author and speaker Gil Mertz experienced God when he was grieving the loss of his distant father. And I said to God, why is it so hard for my dad to love me? And in that moment, God came into that room in a way that was such an incredible blessing. God has revealed himself to me in ways that I've needed in that moment. There are times when God is my guide, my leader. There are times when God is a strong disciplinarian when I've needed that. But in this moment, God was my father. He was my daddy. And I felt God's arms surround me, and God spoke to my heart. Turn to God and let him give you whatever is missing in your life. More from Gil at FamilyMinute.org. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now's your opportunity, especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports as Laura's story leads us in our worship and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. I am just so excited about the topic of Jesus. Who is he? Who do men say that I am? And then he asks the question, who do you say that I am? And so I hope that you're writing these scriptures down, that you are going to have to give an account. Somebody come up and ask you about your Jesus. You should know something. And so this is eternal life, John seventeen three, that we may know him, not know about him, but to know him, because, you know, you can know about some soap. You can know about soap. You can have soap from Africa, from Jamaica, from Sweden, from all over the world. And you can know all the amount of ingredients that's in the soap, how much glycerin and how much wax and all of that. You can know about the soap, but until that soap touches the washcloth and get on your skin, you can still know about soap and still stink. And you can know about God 
and still end up in the lake of fire. You want to have an intimate relationship. That is why he created us, to be with him. If you read Mark chapter 3, when he called the disciples, the call was that they might be with him and that he may send them out to preach. We want to know our Jesus. Amen. All right, so back to the text. So for those of you that are just tuning in, if you, just in case you don't know, we are answering the question, Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And then who do you, the individual, says that I am? And so we are going to the word of God, and we have so far the, the, um, called some witnesses to the witness stand. And we have had Jesus come in, and he has told us that he and his Father are one. He is the second person of the Trinity, God and very God. God the Father, there's God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Holy Spirit. Yet, all three persons are God. All right, so we had the witnesses come in. We had Jesus come in, and he let us know that he's equal with the Father. We went to John chapter 5, and he let us know that he's equal with the Father, equal in person, equal in the work equal in power and sovereignty, equal in judgment, and equal in honor. And so then we had Jesus remove himself from the witness stand, and then the Father took the seat, and he let us know that this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. He talked about him in the transfiguration. He said, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And so in John chapter 6, we find that the Father's seal is upon Jesus. And so... um. And in First John chapter 5, we look at the Father giving a testimony that he has testified about his Son, that he who has a Son has a life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. We've also heard from John the Baptist who came in to our session, and he was able to give us um, a long testimony of who Jesus is. And now we're going to look at the very works that Jesus did, the very miracle that he did. And we saw here in John chapter 5 and verse 36 where Jesus said, I have, But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works, the works which a father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, or seen his form. So we see that the evidence is here. Let's examine the works number one. The very first miracle that Jesus did. He turned water into wine. And by the way, um, I must say this, that um, the miracles, the key verse in the, in the book of John is John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. And it tells us that many other signs Jesus performed. And they were done. These miracles that John wrote down were done in the presence of his disciples. But he said these, but these, these seven miracles that he wrote down, these are written with something in mind, that we might believe. These were signs that we might believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus is, in fact, the Christ, the Messiah, and that in believing, you get eternal life. That's awesome right there. That is awesome. So let's look at this miracle. So they had ran out of wine. Not an emergency. Maybe an emergency for that culture, but today, I don't think it would be a, a, a big deal today. But they ran out of wine. And so Jesus' mother, you know, let him know that um, 
they ran out of wine. And of course, he said that his, his hour had not yet come. And so she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so Jesus, they told him to fill up the containers with water. Remember, they asked for wine, and he told him to fill up the container with water. And of course, um, the miracle took place right then. Because it says, and they filled them up to the brim. I guess I think they kind of wanted to see what was going to happen. To the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water, that was made wine and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to them, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests are well drunk, then the inferior, where you have kept the best, the good wine, until now. And it says this is the beginning signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. I know there are books out there saying that Jesus healed birds and, you know, brought animals back to life when he was playing as a kid. The Bible doesn't tell us that. We see here, they said this is the beginning of the miracles that Jesus did. And he manifested his glory, um, and his disciples believed in him because the miracle were done. These works that Jesus did and the works that he's talking about, they were done to point to the person of who Jesus is. That's what it was all about. And that's what John says. Many other signs Jesus performed. Signs show you where to go. If you're going down the freeway, the signs lead you to your destination. So Jesus, these miracles are supposed to lead us to the Messiah, which is Jesus Christ. And so in this miracle, there's so much to learn. In this miracle, it let us know that if he can change water into wine, he can change your situation. He can change you from being sick to healthy. He can change you from being broke to a few dollars. He can change you from a sinner to a saint. He can change you. And so once you know the person and you know the works and you know this Jesus, it builds your faith because you know that when you go to him, this is something he can do. And he answers every prayer when you talk to him. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait. We're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. This is Dan Proft for townhall.com. The same Democrats who decried the Bill Clinton impeachment as a product of GOP hatred and an illicit effort to nullify the results of a presidential election have now become exactly what they accused Republicans of being. And I mean literally the same Democrats who gave an endless defense of Clinton two decades ago. Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Jerry Nadler, and then Senator Joe Biden. But Democrats cannot guarantee Trump's removal from office or anything close to it. Their combination of hypocrisy with show me the man and I'll show you the crime Soviet-style justice has assured only one thing. The results, whatever the result, of the 2020 presidential election will be seen as fraudulent by half the country. If Trump wins, Democrats will contend he did so by rigging the election. If the Democrat wins, Trump loyalists and anti-socialists will see it as a byproduct of four years of inquisitions. For all their talk of protecting the integrity and legitimacy of the 2020 election, Democrats have gravely damaged both. I'm Dan Prof. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Tired of opening your closet and never finding what you want to wear? We can help. Stitch Fix is a personal styling service that matches you with your own stylist. Someone who listens to what you love and delivers the best clothes for you right to your door. It starts with a simple profile you create in just minutes. 
browse through different styles, and share notes with your stylist about what you love, what you'd rather avoid, and what you can't live without. For a small $20 styling fee, your clothes are hand-selected for you based on your profile and then delivered to you so you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. Pay only for what you keep and send everything else back. Plus, the styling fee is applied to what you keep and shipping returns and exchanges are always free. With Stitch Fix, you'll get to discover new styles, new brands, and new looks you might not be able to find anywhere else. And everything is hand-selected to fit your unique shape and your budget. Discover the stylists and styles that work for you at stitchfix.com. Personal styling for women, men, and kids. stitchfix.com. Personal styling for everybody. Hi, this is Pastor A.R. Bernard from the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn, New York. I'm pleased to let you know that I've joined the Faith Talk Detroit family. You can now hear my program weekdays in Detroit at 11 a.m. I encourage you to read your Bible daily and join me weekday mornings at 11 a.m. for edification and encouragement right here on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you. And the number to call here is 866-423-9578. Again, that number, 866-423-9578. And we are continuing on the witness stand. We have the works that Jesus did, and we just talked about the miracle of him changing water into wine, letting you know that he can change any given situation at any time. He can change your situation. That is comforting because if you're going through right now, you know that the test that you're going through because you have to go through a test to have a testimony. You can't have a testimony without a test. And so while you're going through your test, you want to begin to document um, what is going on, what you learn from that because the tests are good. And in uh, Philippians 1 and 29, the test, it says that for you, it has been granted. God has granted it to you to suffer, you know, not only to believe, but to suffer for Christ's sake. We are going to suffer and we should be welcoming the suffering because when you come out of the suffering, you are going to have power. Just like Paul said, um, you know, in, when he's weak, that's when he's strong. His, his strength is made perfect in weakness. And so we need to just ask the Lord to give us the strength as we go through our test, not to get us out of the test, because if you come out of the test, then you won't have that power that you're going to receive. And see, the enemy knows that. That's why he's trying to lure you out, he entice you from coming out behind the rock, because he knows if you come out prematurely, then you won't be able to fight him. And so you want to stay in your test, and um, like Habakkuk said in chapter 3, even in my worst case scenario, Habakkuk said, I will exalt in the Lord. 
And when you do that, you get hind's feet. And the problem that was walking all over you, you are walking on that problem. All right, so I'm going back um, to the uh, the works that Jesus did. Now, the works are on trial right now. And we saw ahead of time earlier, um, for the, those of you that are just tuning in, we have brought the witnesses into the courtroom. Jesus asked a question, and he said, Who do men say that I am? And then he asked the disciples, But who do you, the individual, who do you say that I am? Because that that is important to know who Jesus is. That he's not just the Son of God, but he's also God the Son, the second person in the Trinity and the Godhead there. So we brought in the witnesses. We brought in Jesus first. And he was able to tell us in John 10.30 that he and the Father are one. Then we went over to John chapter 5 where Jesus let us know that he's equal with the Father, that he's equal in his person, he's equal in his works, he's equal with power and sovereignty, he's equal in judgment, he's equal in honor. All should honor the Father just as they honor the Son. And we know he has to be God because God does not share his glory with another. And then you have a very powerful testimony in uh, Hebrews chapter 1 where the Son, the Son, the Father is calling the Son God. That is huge. All right, let's continue with our witness. We're looking at the work. So we just said that the miracle of him changing water into wine um, let us know that our situation, no matter what, it gives us hope because it let us know that he can change our situation. That is awesome. All right, so the next miracle that we're looking at, and Jesus went back to Cana to do this miracle. In John chapter 4, it says in verse 45, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went, um, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed. Because these miracles that Jesus did, they were not just done to just, they were not just random act. They were done. They were intentional to show us who he is. The very works. Jesus said he's got a greater testimony than John because the very works that he does. And this miracle, him healing the nobleman's son, lets us know that he's Lord over time and distance. He doesn't have to go there to do what needs to be done because he is omnipresent. That's one of the attributes that God has. And I'm telling you, it is a very comforting attribute. We should just get to know our God because when we know these attributes and we know these things about God, when our situation come, we can bring the word of God back to God. 
the word of God. That's what God is looking for. In Jeremiah 1 and 12, it tells you that God stands over his words to perform it. He is going to do what he says. And the Bible said that he is not a man, that he should lie. You know, in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, it tells us that it is impossible for God to lie. And in number 23, it tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. So he cannot lie. He's not a man that he should lie. And it is impossible for him to lie. So whatever the Lord says to you in his word, you can take that to the bank, knowing that his word will not return void. God honors his word. And when you bring his word back to him, you bring the word back to him. God honors his word. Remember Elisha? Elisha was a man, and our time is running out, but Elisha was a man just like you and me, and he prayed that it would not rain. What did Elisha do different? He brought God's word back to God. God said if the people did not do right, and if they were in idolatry or whatever they were doing, that he would shut up heaven and it wouldn't rain. So what Elisha did was, he went back to God with what God already said. He took God at his word. And God honored his word and it did not rain for three years, just like God had said. So we need to put our trust in our Lord and our Savior, knowing who Jesus is. And so those children going back to school are taking the Bible to school with them tomorrow. I am praying that before you go, that you would settle that question in your mind. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is he? Because that is a question. And so... um. I had more uh, works to bring to the, t- um, to the witness stand, but um, we are out of time. But we'll be here tomorrow. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Continue to read your Bible and just to call on the Lord because he invites you to call him. God bless you. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.